Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. And once again, I've got someone on the line who has some uh, feelings and some concerns that he would like to express. I've got uh, Anthony White out of the Indianapolis area. Anthony is a college basketball coach, and he would like to speak to us today about how he feels about the things that are going on. And uh, hey, Anthony, you can say hello to the listeners out there. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> All right. Appreciate that. We're going to let Anthony take the mic, and he's going to explain some of the things that he's seen. He'll start out with his life growing up, where he grew up, school he may have went to, and any problems uh, he may have had along the way. Anthony, it's all yours. Go right ahead. All righty. So, yeah, I grew up in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm only 27 years old right now, but I've been a college coach for the last two years. Growing up, I grew up in the suburb, suburban area. My uh, my father, he grew up in a, a not-so-great place, and his whole objective was to make sure me and my two big sisters didn't have to worry about that. My mom also grew up in the suburban area, so there hasn't been too much too much craziness going on around me. But just growing up, realistically, like my whole life really just revolved around basketball and that's not just because I love the sport but also because it kept me out of trouble my dad was my uh, AAU summer basketball coach and he was also a mentor to a lot of guys that may have gone to inner city schools and his whole goal and objective was to keep them out of the streets and and make sure they stay on track in school they graduate and and move on to if they want to go to college or trade school whatever the case may be um, just being a father figure to them after high school, I went to a junior college in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, <laughs> played two two years there, and then I ended up going to school. I transferred from my junior and senior year to Division One down in Georgia, Mercer University. Uh, after there, I ended up having a chance to go play pro in Australia for a year and came back and started started my coaching career here in Indianapolis. Now, one, one big thing that I pride myself on in coaching is – the fact that I get to mentor and teach young players um, life lessons through sport, whether that be a young African-American male or a white male or African-American female, white female, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, just making sure that they're equipped with the knowledge to be successful in life um, on and off the court. Now, seeing things that's happened recently, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of uproar. And honestly, I feel this is the first time after seeing a lot of acts of police brutality and whatnot. This is the first time I actually feel like something may change because a lot of a lot of young people, a lot of people who haven't really said anything are starting to become active and energy just feels different. Now, do I think with with the George Floyd situation, which really ignited this all, do I think the police officers are wrong? Absolutely. Do I think all four of them had their part in what happened? Absolutely. And the only thing that, that's frustrating is the fact that there were people there watching things go on and the fact that they really couldn't do anything, they really couldn't interject because they feel like they would have been harmed or whatever the case may be at the same time is is frustrating in its own. So 
I mean, that's that. And then you hear all the stuff from the past, Trayvon Martin, then you have Breonna Taylor. It's a lot of stuff that's really just frustrating with the fact that you want to be changed, you want to help, but at the same time, you fear for your life in general with maybe trying to interject or, heck, even recording. that I saw a video a couple of days ago or so within this past week in South Carolina two african-american folks one one male one female the the male is getting arrested i don't i don't know what happened before then but the female she was recording it and just telling him to calm down and that you could tell like the guy was he was he was scared didn't know what to do and how to react to certain things and next thing you know there's a the one of the cops was on top of him just punching him when he literally defenseless and there's nothing else he could really do and then 30 seconds later more cops pull up and then they arrest her which she was literally just sitting there, like kneeling on the ground, telling him to relax or the situation. And they arrest her for what reason? I don't know. I mean, long story short, it's just it's just a lot of situations where, I mean, I feel like it's obvious that there's an issue. People choose to not understand it or choose to make excuses for um, certain individuals. And, and that's that's the, the real frustrating part. Now, <clears throat> you mentioned something earlier about how your father raised you and your, your sisters. Have you guys had a chance to talk about this at all as a family? Yeah, I mean, me, yeah, me and my two sisters, we're all older now, so but we all we all still like go to my parents' house and and hang out because they have um, both of my sisters have children and got my nieces and nephews over there, so we all we all still hang out as a family and we sit there and watch CNN with all these different situations unfolding and it's just like when is enough enough? You know what I mean? Like what? has to be done for for change to happen is it reform is it realistically is it a tougher uh time becoming a police officer because I, I saw one one thing is like to become a barber you have to put in more hours than you do to become a police officer and i think that's an issue now do i know if those statistics are 100 percent correct i don't but i still look at it like that shouldn't even be close to true it shouldn't even be near impossible i mean near possible for that to be true so i mean just little things like that and then you talk about folks if they're coming back from war all they have to do is from the army military all they have to do is take like a rules seminar or something like that i saw that also again i don't know if that's 100 percent true people coming back from the military they can i don't know whatever they've been through they can have ptsd i mean their process needs to be vetted a little more so that there are folks who may have an, an issue or, or whatever the case may be that they'll be weeded out. Taking a simple lie detector test, like, do you feel like, do you feel some type of way when you see a, a person of color? I mean, if, if that ends up, if they say yes or they say no and they're lying, then that should weed them out then too. But I don't know, it's just, just a little stuff that we've talked about. And then my, another issue is like, there's been unarmed African Americans killed, but you look on CNN almost every day. You see a Caucasian, male or female, whatever the case may be, when these looting and protesting, mostly protesting, going on, they're just sitting. They're sitting there with the full AR, with the vest, like just suited up, and the cops don't even blink twice. And it's like, come on, like I understand gun laws and stuff, but for somebody to be walking down the street in in fatigues and bulletproof vests and with a fully loaded AR, and you don't even think about like stopping them, questioning them, whatever the case may be. But then you have unarmed people of color getting killed. Like that's an issue to me also. Now, as a basketball coach, as a mentor, mm-hmm. you guys have not come back for a season yet while this right. is all unfolding. Right. 
Now, let's just say you get to that point. You guys are back, you're practicing, you're getting ready, and these conversations start to come up. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to direct those conversations? What are you going to do for your teammates? I mean, realistically, I've been talking to coaches. Like, I'm in a group chat where we talk about these issues every day, whether it be the police brutality or just coaching in general. And a lot of us are having Zoom calls with our players because some of the stuff needs to be talked Well, all of it needs to be talked about. When and how it's brought up is a different story. I know a lot of us just get on Zoom calls and just honestly ask how they're feeling. My thing is just to let them speak their minds without judgment, without listening to react, but listening to understand where they're coming from because their perspective may be different from ours. But I, I mean, like you said, it, it'll come up sooner or later. And at that time, whether you had a Zoom call before or whether you want to just call a team meeting and, and sit down and just talk about it and get people's feelings at that, I honestly think just letting them speak their minds would be a big deal because, again, we don't know what they've seen what they've gone through, their their situation may be completely different from ours. So, You never had an, a run-in or an issue with police. Is that true or not? not no, no I, haven't, I haven't had a, a serious run-in. I mean, I've had one ticket my entire life. <laughs> but it's funny because at the same time, just having that one ticket, I still, like any time a police officer is behind me or around me, I get nervous. And I that's just from all the situations that happen, like I know I've, I haven't done anything wrong. Like I know I'm a mentor to a lot of young people, but at the same time, you never know. Like you never know if there's a police officer having a bad day. I've always told myself and my pops told me when I first got my license at 16, it's like, just be honest and comply. Like you don't say anything to possibly provoke them. I was having a conversation with one of my really good friends the other, like last week. He was basically saying like, do you ride? in your car with your wallet in your pocket or in your cup holder? And I was like, man, that's a really good question because usually it's in my pocket. But with all this stuff, I mean, I'm literally riding riding with my wallet in my cup holder from here on out because you're not going to say that I was reaching for anything. I mean, even if, like you tell me to take my seatbelt off, I'm like, you take it off for me if if it comes to that because I'm not, you're not going to catch me in a situation where you say anything to where you could say I was doing something wrong or reaching for something. And honestly, I had, I had that conversation with a couple of young guys. Just like, just be smart and stay stay out of trouble, stay out of the way. I mean, at this point, with the quarantine and stuff, <laughs> like people are still supposed to be inside. But, I mean, with all the protests and people just being fed up with the situations going on, I mean, I'm not mad that people aren't staying away from each other because this is a time that calls for unity. It's really good to see a lot of young folks such as myself and others um, just be a part of these protests and try to ignite the change that we need. You mentioned the fear that you have when a policeman is behind you. Uh, Mm -hmm. You mentioned how you have to basically carry yourself just even driving your car. Mm -hmm. And that's a true fear inside of you. Do you know where that came from or how that came to be? Honestly, I just think it's from seeing time and time again, just seeing like video, like social media is so powerful. Like just seeing all these videos of realistically, I mean, there's some where people are maybe bad mouthing a, a police officer or whatever the case may be. But then there's also some, there's a lot that you see people pulled over and they comply, they do everything they're supposed to do and they end up getting hit with or, or end up dead sometimes. Like, I mean, like Sandra Bland, like they said something about improper turn or something like that when she's in police custody she ends up dead like 
come on now. Like, there's just, there's things that it just, it really scares me because, like, I don't want to do anything wrong. Like, what's the speed limit? Let me double, triple check, make sure I'm not going too fast. I mean, just little things. And I think, honestly, it's just from just seeing all these uh, situations going wrong. So that, that fear is yours, right? It's inside of you. Absolutely. Okay, now I'm going to ask you this question. If you can answer it, th- that's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that police officers may have a fear also when they pull over a car with a black person in it or two or three mm-hmm. blacks in it? Do you think they have a fear at the same time? Um, I think I think so. I don't think all do. I think some do. And I think that's that's obvious. That's I think that's when situations go wrong where they come and they have their guns drawn already at the window. And it's just like some people may just be riding to the movies or, or going home from playing basketball or, or whatever the case may be. But I think with them being police officers and them always having their weapons on them or tasers or whatever the case may be, I think their fear is a little more irrational than ours because technically they have more power than us. I mean, they're still human beings, which is understandable, but that badge gives them power and I think they may have fear, but I just think they shouldn't because you're here, you do your job to protect and serve for that, for you to be afraid to pull somebody over. If that's the case, then just don't pull them over. <laughs> to be to be completely honest, like if you really think you have an issue, then don't pull them over or go to a therapist and figure out why you have these certain fears. You know what I mean? Like for you to be a police officer, you shouldn't be afraid to pull somebody over. And if that's the case, then just don't. What if a police officer said to you, well, you need to work on your fears. You need to go to a therapist. If you got a fear of me, I'm here to protect and serve you. I'm not here to hurt you. Would mm-hmm. you okay, if they said that to you. Sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> it's not my job to not be afraid of them. To be honest, it's their job to not be afraid of a citizen to where something may go wrong. That, I mean, that's just how I see it. I shouldn't. Should I be afraid of them? No. But after seeing time and time, and I'm, and I'm not saying like, all police officers are bad or, or all civilians are good and they, and they don't do wrong because they absolutely do. But for me, knowing who I am and how I was raised and the things that I've done and what I'm about and what I stand for, I shouldn't be scared. But it's just the fact that I am. So it just kind of is what it is at this point. Let me ask you, would you be willing one day to sit down with an officer and have a conversation and the two of you address those issues his fear and your fear do you think that would be a good conversation to have i mean yeah i would absolutely do that i mean one of my neighbors uh one of my parents neighbors is a police sergeant like and he i mean he's an african-american police sergeant and i mean there's things that i'm sure he he may feel like there's a stigma on him and i mean that's just coming from the territory but i i would i wouldn't have an issue with that at all okay i'm just putting that out there as maybe oh, for sure. you know all this stuff that's going on and uh, you yourself are seeing like you said a different feel a different yeah. vibe this time and maybe yeah. this is a good time to have a conversation and say, hey, let's just be open and honest with each other, and let's see if we can figure out how we can work through this. We don't need a therapist. We just need each other, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now, uh, with being a college basketball coach, Mm -hmm. prior to this thing unfolding, prior to this happening across the nation, across the world, were you having any issues with parents, uh, players, fans, or anything about you coaching? About by me coaching? Yeah, about you being a – no, because I take coaching from a different perspective. It's not just about basketball. Like the guys I coach and, and recruit and the parents that I talk to, like I'm here to learn about them and be personable and 
know what I'm saying, and learn, learn about their life. Like, it's more than just a sport. Yeah, the sport is good. Like, we all love basketball. That's why we're doing it. That's why we're coaching. That's why the kids want to play. But at the same time, I try to learn uh, as much about the kid as possible, as much about the family as possible, because there's things where, like, on certain dates, like a grandparent passed away or, or whatever the case may be, like, I'm there for them. I don't want to just say, oh, why are you having a bad day of practice and not know the backstory to it? You know what I'm saying? And even if somebody's having a bad day, I want them to feel comfortable enough to come and talk to me about anything, whether it be they may have got pulled over last night and they were scared or they're having trouble with their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the case may be. It's just like there's it's more than just a sport. Now, I mean, I've had like this past year, I had a kid who lost his mentor and his best friend all within a month and he was in a bad place. And it, it's good that he was able to come and talk to me and so I can help him through it. And then once he got through it and things died down, he's like, coach, I love you. I totally, I really appreciate the fact that you were there and helping me keep my head up and, and get through it. And I'm like, that's what it's about. I mean, there's tough situations that always arise in anybody's life, but to be able to be a listening ear and be somebody's rock and helping them get through those tough times is always good. So it sounds to me like you're someone that's a good listener and a good communicator. And all I'm doing is asking, and I've already asked this question before, if your mm-hmm. parents have a neighbor that's a policeman, yeah. do you feel that it's about time to have an open conversation with that person? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've known, I mean, he's been around since I was an ankle biter. So, <laughs> so I mean, that, yeah, it'd, be, it'd definitely be an easy conversation to have with him. I just feel like having the conversation with him won't really give the perspective that I need. I need to, I would rather talk to somebody that I have, I don't know. I I mean, I feel like that'd be a little bit better because we already know each, we've known each other, like I said, for a very long time and and having a conversation with him, I mean, he may see something different than somebody that I have absolutely no idea who he is or she is. And I think that would be a little bit more productive personally. Okay. Well, he, he can always open that door for you too. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Okay. Back to, back to all the stuff that's unfolding. And you, mm-hmm. already, you already said that you have seen a change. You feel something good is coming on. Mm-hmm. Give me one thing that you believe the police could do different. One or two things that you believe they could do different to help mend this thing. I think the vetting process of who can become a police officer, I think that's, that's a big deal. I, I, now, the regulations and rules, I obviously don't know specifically what, every, what goes on. That would be a conversation for another day for reality and, and 100% truth on behalf of what, civilians or police chiefs or, or the force or however that works out. But, I mean, just thinking about everything that's going on, it's just, I don't know. It's really, it's really just tiring. It's frustrating. Now, what could they do to, to help the situation? be more open, try to understand, like I said before about me, like I wish they would try to just understand instead of just trying to react to the situations. Like the police in Buffalo, New York, like there's a 75 year old guy coming up to speak. I don't care. I mean, you're in SWAT gear. This guy has his phone in his hand. It looks like he's just trying to talk and then you push him down and knock him out. That is being there to react, not being there to understand. And then you see the the police chief uh, in Flint, Michigan, where he literally sits there and talks to the crowd and then marches with them. That's sitting to listen. That's not sitting there to react or try to abuse your power. I think we need more more folks that are going to be that are willing to sit there and listen because there's a lot of times, yeah, there's people out there that's going to yell and scream at you, but you know that's going to happen. That's like saying you're a basketball player and you're at the free throw line and you're at an away game. And you don't expect the crowd to scream like. That just is what it is. With the situation, what do you expect? Right. You know what I'm saying? But for you to show up full gear 
to a peaceful protest, what picture does that paint for the people mm-hmm. that are there? When you're in, in Washington, D.C., and Trump is about to make his speech, and there's a peaceful protest, and they're just sit, standing there, and you shoot tear gas, like, what is that? How do you want them to react? What do you want them to do? You want them to just be okay and then go home? No, it's not. it don't work like that. That's why everybody in every single state has been a protest, in every single state. So I think, like I said, being there to listen instead of reacting and, and showing up full riot gear to a peaceful protest is ridiculous, but... I think that's what needs to happen Okay. to help change it. I'm not saying that that's 100% right. going to change everything, but I think it'll help. Give me what do you think the protesters on the other side should be doing when they have to interact with the police. Or, or, or better yet, let me back that up. Not when they interact with the police. Just what should they be doing different when they protest? I mean, there's, like, I do I agree with the, with the rioting and looting and setting stuff? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't agree with violence at all. But to be honest, that was bound to happen. Now, I think reacting with the police goes hand in hand with the police wanting to listen. There's a lot of times where they just probably just don't want to listen. And there's a lot of times where protesters are like, well, they're not going to listen. So there's no point in me trying to talk to them. You know what I mean? So um, I think it goes hand in hand with the, the protesters understanding that the police are there to do their job. But then again, if they're there peacefully protesting, then there's not much order they have to keep if it's not going haywire, if it, nothing is going crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think it just goes hand in hand with understanding the situation and seeing what's going on. Now, at the beginning, like Minnesota, I mean, you see things getting burned down and broke into, even downtown Indianapolis. Like a lot, some of that stuff, I just like they're just doing it just to do it. And I, I don't agree with that. But there are also situations where it's been, like I said, it's been peaceful and excessive forces used. Like, how are you using police brutality when somebody's protesting police brutality? Like, it just doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? So I, don't, I, I just feel like hand in hand, everybody needs to be able to listen and react to the certain situations that they're put in. Now, here recently, I mean, this just came up on the news. I saw it just this morning. They're talking about defunding different Police departments mm-hmm. are uh, moving the funding, uh, dismantling, mm-hmm. sorry, dismantling different police departments and moving funding from different police departments. Do you agree with that? Moving funding to where? Well, they're talking <laughs> about they're going to move it to some youth programs or somewhere else and not put as much money into their police departments, dismantling some of the police departments. Uh, I think that goes with the area, the city, the situation, the town, whatever the case may be. Like big cities like Indianapolis, Chicago, L.A., those those cities, they need police force. I mean, that's trying to dismantle entire police forces is what cause issues because there's some people out here who who don't do the right thing. And you need people to you need the police force to try to keep that order. But I think giving I think moving some of the funds to youth organizations that could help at risk youth or something of that nature would would be good to help lower the crime rate or or help keeping them from doing the wrong things because they have after school programs or or clubs that they could be a part of again just like my AU team like to keep people out of the streets and and help them stay on the right path so i don't i don't disagree with like moving some of the funding but i i dismantling entire police forces i don't agree with at all so the police are a necessary thing i think they are yeah now do they need to with the excessive force and all that like no but i think they're necessary to keep some kind of order so that people who aren't looking to do the right thing 
don't get out here and, and just go crazy. So I think they are necessary. <laughs> I understand. All right. I'm going to ask you this, and I've, I've asked several callers this. Mm-hmm. Tell me your feelings on this whole taking a knee during the national anthem and then the things that have unfolded since then with what the NFL has announced. I'm glad they announced they were wrong because obviously they were wrong. When somebody, when Kaepernick did that and they asked him why he did it, and they still flipped it to try to make it about the flag, I think it's complete BS. And, it, I mean, that just is what it is. Like, you see, if you look at it, like, he asked somebody from the military. He's like, do you think if I take a knee during the national anthem, it would be disrespectful to the flag? And he said no. So somebody from the military who's been there, who's been in a war, whatever the case may be, says that it shouldn't make people feel like it's about the flag, then that is what it is. Now, for people who haven't been in the military, it's like, oh, my grandparents were in the military and they fought for, okay. There were also African-Americans who fought in the war, too, right next to your grandparents. So don't make it seem like it was just all white folks, to be honest with you. So, like like I said, I don't, I don't have, I really don't have an issue with, with anybody or anything. But to make it seem like it's about the flag when clearly, and it's been stated over and over and over again that it's not about the flag. It's just their way of peaceful protesting. That's on them. Like Drew Brees, like you you said you feel like the flag shouldn't be disrespected when you know it's not about the flag. I think those people just don't want to understand. They don't care to understand. If it's not obvious now, thankful, thankfully uh, Goodell came out and they made that statement that they were wrong. Okay, now what do you do to help make it right? Do you believe you're going to see more uh, players taking a knee? Probably, probably. Yeah, I mean, if they don't, I mean, you protest how you want. But I think there will be. Will these owners try to keep fining players, which I think, again, is, isn't right? I mean, I would rather, don't you think you'd rather somebody peacefully protesting like that and still respecting the flag? Let's, let's let that be known. Still respecting the flag, just their way of peaceful protesting like that. I'd rather it be like that than rioting and looting and all that stuff. So Right. Understandable. Sure. <laughs> Understandable. And then, like. What was it? What's her name? Laura Ingram went from shut up and dribble with LeBron and KD to Drew Brees. He's a person. He should have an opinion. Like, come on, dude. Come on. Come on. Like, that's blatant. It's just like, you got it. But wait a minute. Now, you said that. Make sure everybody understands what you're saying. Tell me mm -hmm. what you're talking about. There's a listener going, what is he talking about? I think when LeBron and KD came out about police brutality, I I think it was, it might have been two years ago, three years ago. Um, Laura Ingram came on and was talking about you didn't people didn't vote for you. Keep the politics to the politicians and people voted for Trump to be your coach or in other words, shut up and dribble. And then this past week, Drew Brees coming out and saying, I would never be disrespecting the flag, which is the same the same situation that LeBron and KD were talking about. She goes, well, Drew Brees is a person. He's, he's entitled to an opinion. The only difference is their skin color. Literally, they're both high. All of them are high profile professional athletes that are really good at what they do because Drew Brees shared her opinion. She says he should have an opinion. But when LeBron and KD did not share that same mindset, she had an issue with it and wanted to condemn them and tell them to shut up and dribble. Like, come on, like just because and that that goes with people listening instead of trying to react, listening to hear where people are coming from. But to say shut up and dribble to one and then say you have a right to have an opinion to another. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. 
Anthony, we've we've talked a long time, but I always want to give this opportunity here toward the end. If uh-huh. you, you want to sum it up or you believe there's something that you still have yet to say, you go right ahead. You still have the mic. At the end of the day, I just want people to understand that humans are humans. People make mistakes, but at the same time, when those mistakes are repeated over and over and over again, it turns into insanity. That's what's going on now. I, just, I pray for the world. I pray for safety. I pray for um, things to change because at the end of the day, at this rate, nothing is going to work out until people are, are willing to listen and try to be a part of that change instead of being a part of the problem. And you're a, a basketball coach, so you influence a lot of people. Absolutely. And uh, you're in a position right now, like I said, you guys are not at practice, but when it comes back or you're doing your Zoom meetings, they, they want to hear from the coach. Absolutely. <laughs> they want to hear. And uh, they want the coach to be able to have that listening ear, in which is obvious that you have that. 100%. Yeah, we appreciate you doing it because coaching is a hard, hard job. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> and like you said before, it's not all about coaching. It's about life. Yeah. You got to you gotta take on a whole lot more than how to pass and shoot. <laughs> Absolutely. Coaching, counseling, mentoring, oh, yeah. uh, tutor. <laughs> all of that. And you're in that spot. You're in that spot. Absolutely. Well, Anthony, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and calling in, giving us your opinion, your view and your feelings on all these things that are going on across the country. And you said it. You have seen and feel that something different is about this. Something yes, different. There may be a change that you may get to see this time. Right? Absolutely. All right. Anthony, thank you very much for calling in to Police Pod Talk, and we really appreciate you giving us your time. And, folks, I'm sure you know how to get in touch with us. If you have any questions or comments, you know how to hit us on the email, and I can always get Anthony back on the line, and he can answer some of those questions. Anthony, Absolutely. thank you thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your day, all right? Thank you for having me. All, all right. Much. Bye. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.